Gitin Dafnun Aleph. The last thing we were discussing was that case in the Mishnah where uh, Reuven stole land from Shimon, sold it to Levi. Shimon took the land away from Levi. Levi wants to get his money back, not just the money he spent, but also the the, the fruits that he lost, the the money that he made the land better. Reuven has to pay him all that, but we don't take it out of land that Reuven sold to people, Afka, land that is still free. That means that he still has in his possession. And we said the same story when a lady comes to get Mezonot for her, for her and her daughters. They could only be Gove from land that is free. And we explained with the land that was stolen because the 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 sheva what what made the land better and the fruits were not written originally were not part of the contract originally they weren't there in the world when the contract was originally originally uh, written between Reuven and Levi when they sold the land therefore you don't get it from the land that was sold you don't get it from free land and with the, the woman's money it's the reason is she uh, she only gets from free land not because then no one would buy land because uh, she's going to always be able to come and take money. And Rabbi Hanina gave a second reason. He said, because there's no set limit. If she's a, 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 a for 10 years, she's going to be taking money out of, out of people's hands for, for, for 10 years. Hachamim set a cap, and they said, Dafka uh, from free land, not land that was sold. And with that, we are starting the last line of Nun Amud Bet, So there was a question. And the Rabbi Hanina, according to Rabbi Hanina, Ketsuvin Uchtuvin Ba'e, in order for for land to be taken from nechasim meshuabadim land that was sold, does it have to be a written and have a cap to it, or deal or maybe ketsuvin? As long as there's a cap, or even though it's not written, and here is the machloket rashiyantos fort like gabe milve alpe. If it was a if the guy lent the money by heart. There's a cap, but it's not written. According to Rashi, he'd be able to take the money. According to Sfot, that's not fair because no one knew about it. It's not, it wasn't publicized. So the question is, what does Rabbi Hani now want? Does it have to be written and there has to be a set amount? Or just set amount doesn't need to be written? So Tashema. A person passed away and he left two daughters and a son. And Hachamim were metaken that every girl gets money for her dowry, which is a tenth of what her father leaves over. Now, the situation here is as follows. The first girl came and she took a tenth the way she's supposed to take. And the second one didn't get anything. Now, her brother passes away. No wife, no kids. And the Yerusha falls down to the girls. And Amar Rabbi Yohanan, Vitra, the second one, forgave that tenth. Because now she's getting a bigger piece of the pie. She's getting the inheritance. Ve'amar le Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina asked on Rabbi Yohanan. We have a bigger question over here, bigger Hidush. In general, for Panasa, in order to, for a girl to get her dowry, we even take out from money that is Mishu'abad, money that that uh, land that was sold, we take out, right? Uh, this is a strong. This is very very strong, and we don't take out for regular mezonot. Mezonot for her to eat, we only take out from benehori, not mishu'abadim. vitra, and you're saying this goes as far the dowry goes as far that she forgave the dowry. Usually, we take it out of people's hands. Now you're telling me she forgave it completely. So the Gemara, based on this bright the Gemara tries to, ask, to answer the question on Rabbi Hani, what Rabbi Hanina asked. 
Veha parnasa de mekatskatzet. Now, let's parnasa, we all know it's a t- it's ten percent. Mechtav loki ketiva, it wasn't written. Vekamotzia. And based on what we understood, based on the question over there, we understood that you take it out of uh, out of some out of the buyer's hands. It means it's very strong, but it's not written, and it's set. That shows me that all you need is set, not the written. The Gemara says, "Yeah, but Shani Panasa kevandi itlekala kemanichti vadame." Panasa is different when it comes to the dowry. Everyone knows that if he has girls and sloughed over, she gets ten percent. Everybody knows it's as if it's already written, so you can't bring a proof uh, to behind this question. So now the Gemara wants to ask a question on Ula. Ula said before that the reason we don't take from Nechasim Shabadim for Perot and the Sheva is because it's not written. So Mativ Rav Huna Bar Manoah. Huna Bar Manoah asks a question. He brings a brayta, and this brayta is regarding a man who married a woman. She has daughters from a previous marriage, and he uh, wrote down what part of his obligation was for the marriage was he was going to feed those girls for the next five years, and then he divorced her, and another man married her, and he also uh, obligated himself to feed them for the next five years. They both technically have to feed her, so one will feed her actually, and one will give her the money for the food. And if they both die within those five years, those girls are going to get their money from the Yerusha, even if it's Nechasim Mishobadim. So Rav Hunabarmanoch brings this Braita, and the Psak over there was Metu, if these two men died, Benotem, their actual daughters. The ones they had from these wives, nizonot They only get their money from nechasim that were not sold. However, vehi the the daughter that came from the previous marriage, nizonet They get their land from even land that was sold, and we're understanding that she didn't have a contract, but it's uh, pretty much known that that's the that she's going to get uh, her, her mezonot, even from land that's mishabad. And the proof of it here is that if there's a set amount, then she gets even from Shobadim. And this is a problem on Ula. Ula is the one who said that needs to be written. So the Gemara quickly answers, When he got married to the mother, he made a Kenyan that he's going to feed her. So if that's the case, that's the reason she's getting Banot Nami. These uh, His actual daughters that were born from these uh, women, also, they should get mizanot from nechasim mishabadim. My answer is b'shekanu lezov velo kanu lezov. You made a kenyan for the stepdaughters, but not for his actual daughters. So the Gemara says, "My Pascal, what makes you split everything that way?" So the Gemara explains, "But ishto dehavai b'shat kenyan." His stepdaughter was there b'shat kenyan when the second marriage happened. Therefore, he did a kenyan. Then mehani la kenyan. Then the kenyan works from her. Bito, but his daughter from that, the second wife, Bito de Lohavai Bishat Kenyan. She wasn't there. She wasn't born yet. Lo Kenyan. The Kenyan doesn't work for her. So the Gemara asks me, Aren't we talking about a situation where both his actual daughter and his stepdaughter were there at the Shat of Kenyan? And what are we talking about? He divorced this woman and then he remarried her. So they were both, so both the daughter and his stepdaughter were there at the Shat Kenyan. I meaning, if, if that's the way we're going to explain the Mishnah, then they both got from Benehorin, Namishobadim. Ela, you have to explain what's the difference between his daughter and stepdaughter. Bito, de betinai betin kachla. His daughter eats 
you have to feed your daughter. Therefore, and therefore the Kenyan doesn't help. However, his stepdaughter is not eating from it. It's his own private uh, is obligating himself. Therefore, mehanya the Kenyan. Therefore, the Kenyan works. But the Gemara asks, Wait a second, just because Hachamim placed that uh, obligation on him, that makes her worse? Ella, you have to say, His daughter, because she's eating, Could be, he gave her money in cash before he passed away and said, you know, this is for you, you could eat from it, do whatever you have to do with it. And because it's his daughter, we're worried that maybe she'll double dip. She'll get uh, the money twice. But uh, the Rashbari says that we are still lenient at the end of the day that she will get at least from Ben Horin, not Mishabadin. On the other hand, his stepdaughters, that he's only Hayav because of the Kenyan, we're not worried that he probably gave her money before. So now the Gemara asks a question in regards to that stolen property that was sold. Why are we not Kove the Sheva, whatever the money, whatever the land went up in price, or the fruits? Why don't we take it from land that was Mishabad? So Tashema Amar Binatan Ematai. When don't we take out from Mishabadim? Is much Shekadamik Hoshel Sheni Lishiv Hoshel Rishon. That's Davka. If that sale was done before that the land became much better. But if the land became so much better, meaning he stole it, made the land better, then sold it, then then he takes the money from land that is Mishu'abad even, because he paid extra. Alma, so what do we understand from all this? Mishum de lo It's because he didn't make it look nice before the sale. That's It depends on that. Meaning it all depends if the Shevach was in the world or not. It has nothing to do if there was a set price or not. So the Gemara explains, Tana Ehi, it's, what's the reason we only, we not Koveh from land as Mishu'abad is a really a Mahloket Tana'im. The Tana'im, we don't take out uh, for the shev, for the perot shevach karkaot for the stolen property or mezonot ishav habanot or stepdaughters minachasim meshuabadim mipnetikun alam for the world the way of the world lefish and ketuvin because they're not written it becomes like a halva'ah a loan that's done by heart without anything written that you're not kovet from land it's meshuabad and amar biyosi vechimatikun alam ishbezo what tikun alam is there over here valo and ketuvin there is no, there's nothing set over here. There's no set number so that people can be careful from. And therefore, there is no real shi'abud. You have to have a number in order to be mishu'abad. So you see the mahlokat tanaim already, uh, that Rish Lakish and Rabbi Hanan is already, uh, already way before that. So really, we have three reasons why we're not going to for the Shevach Perot is number one, because they're not written. That's Rish Lakish, Rabbi Hanan, and that's Tanakam and Arbaita. Number two is Rabbi Hanina and the Shita of Rabbi Yossi and the Braita, that there's no set number. And number three, because the Shevach and the Perot weren't in the world when they, when they made the sale, and that's Rabbi Natan. And according to him, if it was in the world at the time of the sale, then yeah, he could be, he could take from the Nechasim Shabadim. Now, let's go back to Mishnah. We learned the person who finds a mitzi'ah, finds a lost object, he doesn't have to swear. And Amar Rabbi Yitzhak, 
Someone says, you found two wallets connected one to the other. And the person who found the stuff, only found one wallet. He has to swear. And you found two oxes, one connected, one next, uh, one tied up to the other. And the person who found the stuff, I only found one bull. He doesn't have to swear. Now, what's the difference? Because the two oxes, they try to pull away from each other. They found One got loose and ran away, and he only found one. But wallets, they don't run away from each other. And Rebiz Hak adds one more thing. You found two oxes that were tied up to each other. And the other guy says, Omer, you're right, I found both. And I returned you one. This person has to swear. So now, right away, the question is on Rebiz Hak. Rebiz Hak, don't you hold that when someone brings back a lost object, we don't make him swear because that's the way of the world? Because uh, if I, if every guy who finds something is going to have to end up swearing, no one's going to want to bring back things. So the Gemara explains, who the Amar Rebiz Hak holds, Rabbi Yitzhak holds that sometimes someone who found an object can make a statement that makes him not a Meshiva Aveda anymore. He's not a finder anymore. Rather, now he puts himself in a situation where he has to swear. Sometimes a person swears on something that he himself said. Ketzad. How? If a person says, Your father gave me a dollar to hold and I gave him back 50 cents. Now, this person has to swear. Remember, he is the one who said, I am uh, holding a dollar for your father. He is the one who said, I gave him back. And because that will make him swear. This is the person who swears based on what he said. He is a person who uh, returning a lost object. And therefore, he's patur. Now, the Gemara asks a question on Rabbi Yehazab ibn Yaakov. Rabbi Yehazab ibn Yaakov, he doesn't hold that, uh, that a finder does not have to swear because of the way of the world. So Amarav, Rav explains, Rabbi Yehazab ibn Yaakov agrees that if no one took him to court, no one said, you did this, you did that, then he doesn't have to swear. He's a person who finds something and therefore like Tikkun Olam, you don't have to swear. When Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov said, sometimes a person swears on something he himself said, we're talking about betoano katan. When a katan is telling him, no, you have, you owe me not the full 100, you don't owe me 50. So I'm going to ask, what are you talking about? Katan midi meshasha idbe? Who is this katan coming to talk? Who does he think he is? He's worthless anyways. When it comes to betin vatanan, we learned in Mashna Shavuot, en nishba'in al-ta'anat chereshote vekatan. If chereshote vekatan made a claim against you, you don't swear on it. Now the Gemara explains, my katan, what's the katan that we're discussing over here? Gadol. It's really a gadol. So, so why are we calling him a katan? Because when it comes to his father's business dealings, he's considered a katan. So the Gemara says, So it's not ta'anat atzmo, it's not a complaint that he made. It's a different complaint. That here the, the son who's a gadol is complaining against him, making him swear. So the Gemara explains, no, Ta'anat aherim v'hoda'at atzmo. Here, it's someone else complaining about you, that someone else is making a claim, and you are admitting to it. And over there, Rebbe Yaakov said, sometimes you admit and you have to swear.
But the Gemara asks, if that's the case, every claim in court, every someone who only come, uh, admits half a claim is the same situation. Someone else makes a claim, you admit half, that causes you to swear. So why is this any different that, that Rabbi Le'ezab Yaakov has to explain himself? Ella, the Gemara says, no. We're talking about a Katan who's making the claim. And Ella bidrabaka miflage. And we're, they're arguing on Rabbah, meaning Rabbi Le'ezab and, and, and Rabbanan argue if he needs a Shavua. And what's the case? The Amar Rabbah. Rabbah says, Why is it that someone who only admits to half a claim has to swear? Because No one will be disrespectful in front of someone he owes a favor to. In this case, someone lent you money. You're not going to be disrespectful. And this person wants to deny the entire claim. The reason he's not denying the entire claim, because no one is disrespectful in, the, in front of someone who did him a favor like that. So, and he wants to deny the entire thing. So why is he not just admitting to the entire half? The explains, because he's just trying to sneak out of, uh, of paying for just a short while. Until I find the money and able to pay him back. So he, by him saying, I, I gave you back half, the only the other half, or here's half, or just playing that game, it's going to buy him some time. But the Pasuk says, Make him swear. We want him to admit the entire thing. So now what's the Mahloket, Rabbi Le'ezer and Rabbanan, in Rabbah's statement? Rabbi Le'ezer ben Yaakov Savar, when someone borrows money from, let's say, Yaakov, he's not, he's not going to be disrespectful, not to Yaakov, not to Reuven, the son, either. He's going to be respectful to both of them. Therefore, he's not a finder. Rather, we're going to say that he's a and make him swear. He's not going to lie. He's not going to be disrespectful to the father, but to the son, he doesn't care. He'll lie about it. And the fact that he's not being disrespectful, then we're going to call him a Meshiv Avidau. He's returning a lost object because he's not denying the case. And therefore, he's considered a Meshiv Avidau and he should be patur from a Shivua. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem. Le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.